When you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you to join us here in this place this morning, and we trust that you are here in our midst. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I think that everyone wants to be first in everything. I notice it more and more explicitly with my children. They're always racing each other uh, here and there and everywhere. They spend about 80% of their time racing. <laughs> even, even where the place they're racing to isn't somewhere where they want to be. Like, they'll race to go to the bathroom. Uh, but if it is somewhere they want to be, like in line for ice cream, then watch out. It's like rollerball, right? Blood will be spilled. And I was the same way when I was their age, always wanting to be first. I remember once when I was at summer camp, uh, the counselors told us to line up for ice cream sandwiches. Right? Ice cream sandwiches. So get out of my way. It was Mayhem, this line. Everyone scratching and clawing to be first in line for ice cream sandwiches. And I was fast and ruthless, so I got pretty close to the front of the line. And this is actually, as I tell this story, this is a reflection on my humility here. Because this is my story, right? This happened years ago. None of you were there. So I could very easily tell you that I was the very first one in the line. But that's not true. I was close. I was like third or fourth, but I was ready. I was there right at the front, ready to get my ice cream sandwich. And then something terrible happened because it was a Christian summer camp. And we're in line, out of breath. There I am right at the front. You can taste the ice cream sandwich. And then all of a sudden the counselors said, okay, kids, the first shall be last. And the last shall be first. And then they led the end of the line around to the front, making everyone who ran to the front bring up the rear. It was devastating. Lesson learned, right? But what lesson did I learn? Was it a lesson about humility and letting others go in front of you? Of course not. See, we caught on pretty quick. In fact, we caught on immediately. So the next time they called us to line up for something, we all ran full speed for the end of the line, hoping that the counselors would again say that the first will be last and the last will be first. But these counselors were infuriatingly unpredictable. They weren't stupid. They knew that we just all wanted to be first. So sometimes they'd act like they were going to switch the line around, and then they wouldn't do it. And the front half would cheer, and the back half would groan. And so the move became to sort of judge the mood of the crowd as we were lining up. If it seemed like more people were running toward the front, you wanted to be in the back in case the counselors noticed. And they'd bring the end of the line to the front. But if everybody was running to the back, then he wanted to head toward the front. It was all about getting in the front. It was a delicate game 
we had to play to get to those ice cream sandwiches first. Because what you wanted was to be first. Whether you ran to the front of the line or the end, the goal was the same. That very first ice cream sandwich. In our reading this morning from Luke, Jesus tells a parable based on what he observes at a dinner party, which reminded me of my summer camp ice cream sandwich adventures. Jesus notices that all the people are there jockeying for the good seats, the places of honor. They all want to sit near the head of the table, as close to the host as they can get. But Jesus has a sort of know-your-place sermon for them, doesn't he? He tells people not to sit in a more honorable place than they deserve because the host will just end up having to ask them to move down. And that will be embarrassing. Instead, he suggests, sit at a lower place than you deserve. So that when the host comes in, he'll ask you to move up. And won't you look good then? And then he wraps up with this alternate version of the verse my summer camp counselors quoted to me all those years ago. They said, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last, which is Matthew 20, verse 16. Whereas here, Jesus says that those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So what's going on here? Is Jesus just telling all the little kids who want the ice cream sandwich first to run to the back of the line? Trust me, kids, he says with a wink, I'm going to blow your minds. The back of the line will get to go to the front. You're all going to get ice cream sandwiches first. You see, like I learned in summer camp, that trick only works the very first time. The next time, all the kids are going to run to the back of the line like we did. Right? And at the dinner party of Jesus' story, all the guests are going to be crowding to the very last seats, the seats of least honor. And the faux humility is going to be gross, right? Oh no, please. You should sit in this more honorable seat. You're much more important than me. All the while thinking when Jesus gets here, he's going to set this straight, right? He's going to show all these people just how honorable I really am. And that's just posturing, play-acting, and pretending. Surely Jesus can't be going for that. And he's not. And as we try to understand what Jesus is getting at here with this parable of honorable and less honorable seats, it will be helpful to understand two key things about this story. One of them is the scene setting. Who it is that Jesus is talking to when he's telling this Parable. But before we get to that, I want us to give ourselves an assist in understanding this story by looking at something Jesus says elsewhere. Something that he says in his Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapter 6. Now, you remember the Sermon on the Mount, right? It's the one that starts with the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, etc. And then proceeds to raise the bar of the law, the standard of holy living, until no one can reasonably think that they're good enough to do it, right? He says, you've heard it said, do not murder. But I say to you, do not even be angry. Right? So he's raising the bar of what holiness looks like. And that section of the sermon culminates in Matthew 5:48, which is the verse immediately before the one I'm going to read to you now, Matthew 548, which says, therefore, 
you must be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So this is the context into which Jesus is going to say what I'm going to read to you now, the very first verse of Matthew chapter 6. Beware, he says, of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who gives in secret, who sees in secret, will reward you. And that's the key verse that will help us understand Jesus' parable about honorable seats when he says, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, when you do a good thing, you, you should be so disconnected from what you think you might get back in return that even your two hands don't know what the other one is up to. In other words... The exact opposite of running to the back of the line, hoping that you'll get to go to the front. The exact opposite of claiming the least honorable seat in the hopes that you'll be moved up to a more honorable one. So Jesus, the son of Almighty God, who just said that you have to be perfect, just as perfect as God himself is perfect, now says that your good deeds must be done with complete disregard to any benefit for you. You cannot be a greedy dinner guest hoping to get closer to the head of the table by sitting down at the foot. This kind of advice would be completely out of character for Jesus and wouldn't mess, mesh with his larger message when he says, your good deeds should be disconnected completely from what you might get out of them. So now let's look at the other key to understanding what Jesus is saying in this story. And for this bit of assistance, we're going to pay special attention to who it is that Jesus is talking to. Remember, at the party, he notices that guests are choosing the places of honor. Right? This is how verse... 7 reads, when he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. So Jesus is not telling this story to people who are coming into the party and who might choose honorable seats or who might choose less honorable seats. He's not standing at the door before he sees what they're doing. He's watching what's actually going on and there isn't anyone there. Choosing less honorable seats. The guests are all choosing honorable seats for themselves. And here's the key then. Jesus is preaching to them. He's preaching to people who need to be humbled. This is what makes his last sentence make sense. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is not advice 
for us to humble ourselves so that we might be exalted. It's an acknowledgement that we who love to exalt ourselves will be humbled. This parable is not a prescription. It's not medicine for what ails you, advice for how to get ahead, how to get that good seat ultimately, how to get to the front of the line. Jesus isn't saying, run to the end of the line. That would be the left hand knowing exactly what the right hand is doing. I'm doing an apparently selfless thing, but I'm doing it for totally selfish reasons. No, that's not what Jesus is doing. Jesus is diagnosing us as people who always want the places of honor, no matter which direction we run in to get them. It didn't matter whether I ran to the back of the line or the front of the line at summer camp, did it? My intention was the same, to get to the place of honor, that first ice cream sandwich. I was chasing after honor no matter which direction I ran. And this reveals our terrible truth. That in ourselves, we are completely without honor which is why we seek it so desperately, why we want to get to the front of the line, why we want to get the seat closest to the host. So if this story is a diagnosis instead of a prescription, what will help us? What will heal us? Well, that's almost the right question. But the answer isn't a what. It's a who. Who will deliver us? Of course, the answer lies in a person. The answer is in who Jesus is really talking about. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, the first clause, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, is Jesus talking about us saying that we are always about exalting ourselves, always trying to get to the front of the line. We are always in need of humbling. But the second clause about those who humble themselves being exalted is Jesus talking about himself. Jesus is the one who humbled himself. Jesus is talking about the incarnation Almighty God becoming a human infant. Jesus is talking about the temptation of Satan in the wilderness. You shall worship the Lord your God, he says, and him only shall you serve. Jesus is talking about that dark, foreboding night in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but yours be done. That is what humbling oneself looks like. As Paul says in Philippians 2, Jesus, being found in human form, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. A criminal's death outside the city walls. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is what it looks like to humble yourself. It is what Jesus does. It is what Jesus does for you. 
He gave up his righteousness and took the sin of the world onto his shoulders. And then what happens to the one who humbled himself? He is exalted, sitting forever at the right hand of God Almighty. This is your medicine. Christ is your healer. Jesus is your deliverer. Your honor, the honor that you can't achieve by running to the front of the line or by running to the back, by choosing a seat of great honor or by choosing a seat of low honor. True honor is bestowed upon you as a free gift from the most honorable Savior of the world. In Him, on account of Jesus, You, the least honorable, are an honored child of God. Amen.